0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, December 27th. S&P futures are doing what they've been doing every morning now for the last several sessions are up about 45, 4 to 5 points. So that's about 15 basis points. Uh, the European indices after being closed Wednesday and Thursday are open this morning and rallying, although probably not as much as some people may have thought given the U.S. price action yesterday. So Europe's up about 25 to 30 basis points and uh, Asia finished higher pretty much across the board, although there were a few tiny pockets of, um, of red price action. So, um, you know, again, not really a ton to talk about in terms of narrative shifting news. Um, you know, we're in the final kind of sessions of, of 2019. There's going to be information vacuum, a liquidity vacuum, a attendance vacuum. So um, that all, I think, um, points to kind of just a continuation of what we've been seeing now of just this gentle, gentle melt-up rally higher. Um You know A few things to note on the eco front, there was some data out of Asia. Um, The Chinese industrial profits is probably the most notable. So it swung to decent growth in the month of November after falling nearly 10% in October. So obviously an encouraging uh, data point on that front. And then Bloomberg had another article just talking about um, they aggregated some of the initial preliminary economic data points for the month of December, and that points to um, an improved economic backdrop. So We get the first official look at Chinese data on New Year's Eve morning. Um, So that's Tuesday morning, where you're going to get the MBS PMIs for the month of December. So that's the first official kind of government statistic on um, economic momentum in the month of December. Um, So that's really kind of the only formal macro news out this morning. There are a couple other items um, out, and this is kind of going back to. Thursday morning as well. But, uh, you know, I thought there are kind of three interesting articles out this this week. Um, You know, one of them in the New York Times that hit midday yesterday is talking about how Navarro's influence in the White House, influence on trade policy in general um, is waning. And I think that's really not too surprising. And and again, if you go back to the middle of November, um, you know, you've seen several really positive trade data points and you really can make the case that for the first time of Trump's presidency, um, you know, the trade tensions have hit a peak and they've since receded. So, You know, and it's running through the the list of examples, allowing the two thirty two auto tariff authority to expire, the phase one agreement with China, the USMCA deal. Um, You know, even the threats that Trump makes over Twitter um, really, I don't think carry a lot of weight in the market. So you saw kind of that Brazil steel aluminum tariff threat that he made a couple of weeks ago, and then was kind of quickly quietly rescinded. So um, you know, you definitely have seen. um, You know, like I said, trade tensions have have peaked this is a question of how much have they really receded so phase one still leaves a lot of tariffs in place you're still leaving a lot of uncertainty in place as well um you know u m c a is certainly better than blowing up NAFTA, but it's actually a net negative as far as growth compared to nafta um so there's still plenty of kind of i i think uh you know trade overhangs on the market so um, you know, I get that there are reasons to be bullish on trade. Um, I just think, again, people are overestimating the extent, to the extent to which you're going to see this sharp inflection higher in growth and earnings as a result of it. Um, but again, the waning influence of Navarro in the White House, um, as I think Trump kind of shifts the focus to 2020 and, and ensuring a stable, healthy um, economy um, is certainly bullish. Um, you know, the other one, you know, a couple of other items, there was an article in the journal yesterday just talking about how there are a series of kind of quiet lawsuits in the US by a variety of different companies and trade groups um, that are kind of chipping away at Trump's tariff authority, um, which is another reason why you're maybe seeing the White House become a little bit more reluctant to aggressively um, expand further the trade war. And then on the Fed front, um, you know, there's been this huge debate about what the Fed is doing with regards to um, the repo related liquidity injections, Not what they're doing, but what how you would classify them. Is it actual QE, or is it more just kind of a technical um, intervention in markets that uh, really does not have much bearing on monetary policy? And I think you know the Fed is insistent that this is not quantitative easing, and it and it isn't true quantitative easing, but um, it's very notable that the Fed's balance sheet now has rapidly expanded. Um, it's reclaimed about half of the shrinkage that had been underway for the last two years. And this is just in the last several months. So it certainly is not actual QE. The Fed is not buying, um, you know, the Fed is not removing duration from the market, which has been kind of one of the key, uh, you know, characteristics of quantitative easing. But you are seeing the balance sheet rapidly expand. And so, you know, I don't think that has certainly hurt the market, um, and that's probably been kind of one of the one of the uh, you know less appreciated contributors to the recent rally. Um, so those are probably you know the three, I think kind of more under the radar macro headlines from this week that are notable. Um, you know, a couple of other items this morning. the EU came out and again is kind of um, expressing some skepticism about this december thirty first, twenty twenty deadline. Um, by which the UK and EU need to have a trade agreement in place. So that's kind of really the the main Brexit deadline. You have this um, January 31st, 2020 deadline coming up, where you're going to actually see kind of the legal separation take place. But it's more the financial arrangement, which is December 31st of next year. That is the real deadline that I think people really need to be focusing on. Um, and that is where you know I think throughout the course of 2020 we're going to see a lot of headlines about you know the state of those negotiations. The UK, Johnson has put, um, you know, insists that that is a very, very hard deadline, December 31st of next year. Although I think if we get closer to it, just like we saw with the various Brexit deadlines, um, it's it's an artificial deadline that could very easily be moved. Um, Russia was on the tape again this morning, warning that the OPEC plus production cuts that have been in place now for several quarters, um, they could end in 2020. Russia has been kind of saying that now for a couple of weeks. So that's not terribly incremental. Um, but it is notable that, you know, you are kind of seeing Russia agitate to kind of remove itself from those constraints and increase output. Um, and then I guess just finally, there were uh, several articles um, in in a bunch of various different U.S. publications just talking about how Bernie Sanders is probably a stronger candidate than people appreciate. So a lot of the folks has been on Biden, Warren, you know, Buduchegh, and then others that have kind of risen and fallen. Um, and then Sanders has been holding it pretty steady. So the articles just note that, Um, you know, he's underappreciated. He probably is going to do very well in the initial States. Um, and if that's the case that could carry him through to super Tuesday, um, you know, so I just thought it was very notable that, you know, he could be kind of, uh, you know, an under the radar type of person that could emerge and perform very well. Um, so that is it for today in terms of major news, nothing else, super notable to mention. There's nothing on this calendar for today that is scheduled, um, you know, again, we're still kind of looking at North Korea. Um, I don't necessarily know. I don't necessarily think markets are going to care terribly if you do see an ICBM test. Um, that is kind of one of the larger wildcard catalysts, I guess, for the rest of this year. Um, going into next week, you have a couple of economic data points on the calendar, uh, but again, next week should be very slow as well. Um, so n- again, next Tuesday morning, that's New Year's Eve. You have the China MBS PMIs, and then next Friday. Um, You have the U.S. manufacturing ISM and then Fed Minutes. So that is it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening.